You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 293, and I'm calling it Decluttering for a Move, or Decluttering to Get Your House on the Market, or um, basically just decluttering to do the thing that overwhelms most people who are overwhelmed by clutter more than anything else to do with clutter ever overwhelms them. But that would be really long. So I won't call it all of that. But um, we're talking about this because, um, so take your house back, which is the course that um, I have with Cass from Clutterbug, Dawn from The Minimal Mom. They are both big time YouTubers. Anyway, the, the course that the three of us put together is open for registration again. And uh, you can go to takeyourhouseback.com to, um, you know, join the course, which I think you're going to love. Um, well, I know you're going to love it. But anyway, the reason why we're talking about this today, though, is that as we asked in the group, um, just for testimonials from people, we got so many testimonials amazing before and after pictures. So make sure you're subscribed to my newsletter at a slobcomesclean.com slash newsletter, because I'm going to be um, sharing the ones that we, you know, had permission to share to say, this is the progress people are making being in this course anyway. But as we were doing that, Jen showed pictures of her progress that she made decluttering her house, getting ready for you know, putting it on the market, which like I said, is so overwhelming to people like me. And it's also something that I'm asked by you guys about all the time. Like Dana, please talk about decluttering for a move. And I'm always like, I haven't moved since I've been doing all of this. But her quote that she said within the group was something like, I started the course or I, you know, I joined the course right as I was getting ready or as I was starting to declutter to be ready to put my house on the market. And it sped up the whole process. It made it go so much faster. And I was like, oh, and then the the pictures were amazing. The pictures are there on the, my website. Um, you can click through the show notes and be able to get to those. But I mean, really, it's so impressive what she was able to do. And she used the decluttering process that we talk about, the five-step decluttering process from decluttering at the speed of life. She applied that to decluttering for a move. And I think one of the things sometimes that a lot of my people are really asking when they want me to talk about moving is, 
well, surely it's not the same process for moving, right? Like that's its own, that's got to be its own thing. But she used that process to help her make fast decisions and really let go of things that otherwise had been, you know, stopping her in the process. So Anyway, she was gracious enough to come on and talk about it. I think you're going to love it. I think uh, we also talk about her experience hiring a junk removal company, how she shares who she hired and how much it cost and what they did and made me go, okay, yeah. I mean, I've always thought that would be a good idea, but now I'm like, who, what can I have them take out of my house? Anyway, but I think, I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. All right, here's Jen. Okay, Jen, thank you so much for being willing to come on the podcast and tell us about your moving experience and decluttering, which is honestly, I would say a nightmare for a lot of people who struggle with clutter. Um, uh, Yeah, like I get questions about this all the time, which is the reason that I've asked you to come on is because I'm like, oh, you used this decluttering process to get ready for a move. And the pictures that you shared are I mean, are you just so proud of yourself? I am. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. Um, it was a very challenging experience. I, initially, I was going to remodel, and I realized that regardless of whether I remodeled or moved, I was going to have to move out of my house. I started the process um, probably around January 6th. I was out of town for a few weeks. Um, I stayed with my parents in Maryland in December. So when I came back, I was starting the process of getting ready to move. And it was a little overwhelming. And I started just, you know, said, okay, well, I'm just going to pick a spot and I'm just going to start packing some stuff and like decluttering some stuff. And it was taking forever. It would take me a whole evening, like five hours to pack three boxes. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's like, a, yeah, it's yeah. everything. I mean, it's literally everything. And I lived in the house for 16 and a half years. Wow. So it's a very long time. And I've probably spent the last about five years ago, I did something that I called Operation Don't Bomb the House, (laughs) where basically I was jealous of someone who was moving and I kept feeling like I just wanted to bomb the house and start over because it was, you know, you accumulate things over time. And so I was really concerned about how long it was going to take to do this process. Um, And so I started looking for some options of how could I do this better or faster. And I was Googling and I was looking at my emails and um, I'd actually gotten an email about the course and it was my first introduction to you and your process. So I was, I think I've told everyone I know about the five-step decluttering process that you can not make a bigger mess. (laughs) Really life-changing, right? (laughs) It really is. Um, But it sped up the process of, of decluttering and packing things a lot. Like instead of only packing two or three boxes in an evening, I'd maybe get six or seven boxes in an evening. Um, So let's talk real quick though, about how the number one, and it's not a complaint because I feel like a complaint comes after you've done something. mm -hmm. I would say the number one hesitation people have with the five-step no mess process is that they think it's going to make things go more slowly. Oh, it definitely didn't. Because because everybody thinks that the take it there now means it has to take longer. And I'm like, you're sitting here saying that the number one thing about it was it made it go so much faster. So can you explain that? Yeah. um, So I think for me is I've tried a ton of other decluttering methods and most of them involved all of these 
kind of sentimental questions. And I'm actually not a super sentimental person. So I found this, like, does this make me feel joy? I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's a book. Like, <laughs> so I, like too, it. I like the book. And so I had a really hard time with those methods or with the method about, you know, I have a, I actually own a book that is a minimalist book and it mm -hmm. has all of these decision trees and they're like really complex decision trees that walk through the 7 million questions to ask. It was taking me forever to make decisions about anything. And instead I was just asking myself, so I was thinking about my new house and saying, where would I look for this first? would I look for this at all? And then I added a question of, am I willing to pay someone to store this thing for me for six months? Because I am temporarily without a home. That is such a great, even if you knew you were moving to another house, one of my biggest regrets, because I, the last time I moved, which is the reason I'm so excited about you talking about this. The last time I moved was way before I had figured any of this stuff out, you know? And when I think about the money that I spent to have clutter moved from one location to the next location, you know, even if you weren't going to be storing it for six months, even just having someone move it, even if you've got friends to move it and it's their muscles. I mean, that's like effort and work. So I love that you added that question. I think that's really smart. So I found it super helpful. And I also thought about the shape of my new house, my old house, 1950s Cape Cod, it had a bazillion little rooms and little walls. So it had a lot of walls. The new house is like, it's not built yet, but it's a big open concept plan. So there's hardly any walls. There's just a bunch of windows. <laughs> it's going to be, so I had things like China cabinets and display cabinets and things like that, where I'm not going to have anywhere that that could go. Um, so I thought about, you know, here's my floor plan. Like, is there a place that I would put this? And is it a place where I would look for it? So my China cabinet, I'm thinking about the China cabinet and going, okay, well, where would I look for this first? And I'm like, well, clearly in the dining room, there are no corners in the dining room. And the so one piece of, of furniture, open, yeah, yeah, like wallet. there's a bump out that they put in specifically for me because I have a beloved buffet that um, is beautiful. It is like exactly, it is my most favorite piece of furniture. They added space to my house to put the buffet. Um, but it's going to be the, that and the dining table will be the only furniture in the dining room. Um, and so there's not room for me to have a China cabinet or a display. That's I had three display concept. cabinets. Yeah. I <laughs> had three display cabinets in my dining room. Wow. <laughs> so I got rid of all of them. Um, and so I would like just take a picture of it, list it on Nextdoor and post it for free. And someone would come and take it away. It was fantastic. That's great. So was it hard for, I'm thinking if you had that many display cabinets, had that been because you just had more and more stuff to display so you'd buy another cabinet? I mean, or how had no. that happened? So I had one small display cabinet originally that I bought myself. And the other two display cabinets were both things that were given to me. Huh. So one, my mother gave to me, they put it together. They paid like $50 for it when they got married in 1972. And they, um, they built it. It was like from Montgomery Wards. It wasn't particularly sentimental to them. But when I moved, my mom gave it to me because the apartment that I moved into when I first moved out had very little cabinet storage. And I 
had my parents' wedding china and it was in the display cabinet. And I used the wedding china for holidays, but my grandmother was downsizing and offered me her china from her wedding, um, which is a very beautiful china. My mother was like, throw away my china. It was all cheap. <laughs> Please don't keep the china because you're Good sentimental your about it. Take your grandma's. That's great. <laughs> so, I don't yet have my grandma's trying to at my parents' house in Maryland, but it will fit in my kitchen cabinets in the new house. There's no reason for me to have a china cabinet for it to go in. And I get to design the kitchen cabinets. So I'm hoping that I can put glass, the upper, very oh. upper shelf of the cabinets can be glass. So I can put the things that I had in my china cabinets and my display cabinets in that very top shelf where you don't really you know, how often do you climb up there to grab it? But it's beautiful and did I knowing, like to see it. Did knowing you were going to, or that you were getting rid of those display cabinets, did that help you get rid of stuff as well? That it did. Been in it them? absolutely did. Um, so I, there were things in, especially in the part you couldn't see. Well, I remember sending my mom some pictures and I pulled out, I was pulling out everything from the cabinet. Cause I was like, okay, either I'm packing this, these items that are in here, or I'm getting rid of them. And I probably got rid of like 85% of what was in the China cabinet because mm -hmm. I got rid of the mo mom's wedding China. And then I had all of these interesting barware type glasses, most of which I recall purchasing them. And I recall not particularly thinking to myself, like, I need this glass, but having a friend tell me that I needed the glass. Interesting. And I never, ever used, I lived in the house for 16 and a half years, never used the glass for anything. I had multiple types of these. I had like these red water glasses and I had these blue martini glasses that if you actually put anything in, they basically, it just all spilled out. So I had a bunch of these completely impractical gla barware type glasses. I think we but, all have that kind of stuff. I, like, I, somebody why do just, we have this? I, I think it's because somebody somewhere, when in the excitement of initially setting up a house, somebody said, these are the things you should have. Right. Yeah. And now you're probably lived, right. Yeah. You've lived life and you've lived 16 years in this space. And so moving is a great time for you to, to get rid of that. That's awesome. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick and therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and a Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash clean. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Um, I had four fondue pots. <laughs> Do you ever fondue? 
Um, yeah, occasionally I do uh, for parties. So if I have a big party, I will often make, there's a particular fondue, but I usually, sometimes I'll make two. I'll make a cheese, cheese crab fondue and I'll make like a chocolate fondue. But for me, clearly I never need more than two fondue pots and even two is stretching it. So I was, I, I did keep two, but when I get to the new house, as I'm unpacking, if I find that I don't have space for the second fondue pot, I already know which one. That's great. Can I ask you a go. question that I know I'm going to get? Do you have a great fondue recipe? Yes. Like, did, is it online by chance? Uh, probably not, but I think it's a family recipe. Oh, okay. I would be happy to email it to you. I, oh. I just have to dig it up. That would be so great. If you were okay. if willing to share it, yeah. that would be so great because people will ask. And I'm sitting here thinking, crab? fondue that my husband would love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's his favorite thing in the world. It's, it's a thing that happens if you grew up in Maryland. Oh. Crab things. So you, you end up with lots of recipes for seafood and then you live in a place where they don't hardly sell seafood and you literally can't buy crab. So, yeah. uh, or good crab. You can't buy any good crab. Well, but this one may, uses a canned crab. So, oh, Perfect. You can, we can it, actually because get that. It's, it's sort of crab light, I'd call it, but <laughs> cheese and crab, it's really good. Oh, it so really yes, good. I'll be happy to share it. Sorry to break the flow of talking about moving, <laughs> but that's also real life. So, <laughs> Right. Okay. And I got rid of a lot of tablecloths. Tablecloths don't work in my house. I have cats Aww. and they really enjoy hiding under tablecloths. So if you really enjoy having snag tablecloths and, um, have tablecloths covered in hair, then they are perfect. But I have a glass dining room table and the tablecloth just slides right off. So cat races across the table. The the tablecloth is in a heap at the end. It's a worthless item for me to own. So I got rid of all my tablecloths. So you really took advantage of, I am just being realistic about the things that I haven't, because I think sometimes my temptation, especially the times I have moved was to think, oh, well, maybe things will be different in a new location, mm. but you just went with. No, <laughs> they're not no, going to awesome. be different. I mean, I, I will have quite a lot more space, which is kind of ironic. A friend of mine, I have two friends who really enjoy collecting things. And um, every time that I said that I was getting rid of something, I got 50 questions about what I was thinking about wanting to get rid of this thing. Like, didn't I know all the reasons why I needed to have it? Interesting. It was, it was very interesting. And the comments about, well, you're going to have more space. Like, for example, I got rid of um, hot rollers for my hair. I bought them. I thought I would use them. My hair was a bit longer than it is now. And I tried them a few different times. And all of those times, well, it, they didn't, the curls wouldn't stay. And I looked a little bit like little orphan Annie for about 10 minutes and then the curls would all fall out and it just, they didn't, it didn't work for me very well. And I'm sure it's probably user error, but clearly I'm not going to figure out how to, I've had the hot rollers for seven years. I paid 20 bucks for them. I used them four times. I'm not going to use them just because I'm in a new place. So I donated them and I, that was one of the things that I got a lot of, but you're going to have space. You could put them under the other vanity, like all of these questions about why I was getting rid of them. And I said, yeah, but I don't use them now. I mean, I'm not going to use them just because I moved somewhere else and they only cost $20 and I'm going to have to pay someone to pack and store and move these. Yes. And I don't want to. <laughs> so let's talk about how you got rid of stuff. I know you mentioned the bigger display cases. 
go, I don't know, dis- why am I saying display cases? Cabinet? I mean, well, yeah, because <laughs> I, I had one that was like a corner china cabinet, one that okay. was kind of a curio display cabinet. I think I was just not thing. thinking of the right word yeah, at the time. But, but whatever, cases is fine too. So you put those on next door. How did you get rid of the vast majority of your other stuff? Because you said in um, in my notes, I have that you had said you got re- rid of around 30% of your belongings, 50% of clothes and 65% of bedding, which we'll get to those things too. But what was your overall, you know, go-to for getting rid of stuff? So I, it depended on what it was. Um, so I did hire a junk removal service that recycled quite a lot of things um, because I, having lived in, I'm a kind of a DIY project sort of person. So I, in my old house, I remodeled the laundry room and rewired the whole, the whole basement. And I ripped out the bathroom and I remodeled the bathroom and I hired only a plumber. So I've done a ton of that kind of DIY stuff. And as a result, you end up with these materials left over and they're kind of big. And sometimes you just, you know, oh, I got a hole in something. So I need to patch the drywall and having a little piece of drywall is handy. But when you're trying to stage your house to sell, nobody wants to look at your weird piles of drywall and plywood. And I didn't want to put those in my storage. That seemed crazy to me. So I had junk removal come and I had a broken rain barrel and I had, I had some furniture that was not in good enough condition to expect someone to want it that I was getting rid of. And so I had them take anything like that where and sometimes I would list it on next door. And then if it wasn't gone by the time they came, then I got rid of it that way. So it was about like, I think it was about 40% of one of their trucks that I got rid of that way. A lot of things I, so I had, I listed can some I, things can we on talk next real door. Quick about, yeah. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the junk removal. Um, first of all, how did you find a service? So um, my, my grandmother had just, has just downsized from like a 5,000 square foot wow. house that her husband built. Um, he was an a civil engineer and my dad and she she's um not very mobile at the moment and so my dad and his sister and me and my mom all helped do that in December and so dad had done a bunch of inquiries and research on junk removal services and so I checked around here and talked to all three services that he talked to in Maryland and a friend of mine had used the junk removal service I ended up going with I did 1-800-GOT-JUNK my friend had used them she was pretty happy with their service. I had them take the rug out from under my bed and they took it. They like picked up my bed and took the rug out. That's awesome. <laughs> and you don't have to tell me how much it costs, but was it? It wasn't very expensive. Okay. It was like 400. I was going to say, was it shopping? Uh, was the No, was... with tax, it was like $401. So it was like 300 and. 60 or something before but to tax. get rid of a lot of that stuff that it's like, it's all going to have to go to different places. It would have been maybe... eight pickup trucks worth of stuff. And I don't own a pickup truck. That's a lot of favors to call in mm-hmm. of friends. That's okay. Or Thank you for like a lot of rent that. on a pickup truck and all the hauling, like mm-hmm. they carried everything. They got it from wherever it was in the house. They took it, you know, they took the rug out from under the bed. They got furniture from any room. They hauled a bunch of stuff up from the basement. They took things out of the rafters of the garage. They got things out of the backyard. Anywhere it was, they went there and they got it. I didn't have to carry it around. That sounds so well worth it. Oh, yeah. And it was, and how long were they there? Maybe 75 minutes. Wow. 
did they give you a quote ahead of time? Yes. They, they, so they gave me an estimate over the phone based on, uh, I'd sent them some pictures of the things that I wanted to get rid of. And then when they got to the house, they walked around and looked at everything too. And then they gave me an updated quote, which was actually a little bit less than what they told me originally right. on the phone. So it was a, it was the price I expected based on that. And it, um, since my friend had had them, she'd had a whole truck of stuff hauled away. She'd had a lot of things that were from her, her house was purchased from her grandmother. And so she had a ton of stuff that was her grandmother's stuff that she finally, after many years, got rid of. And so she had a whole truck. So I knew the whole truck was going to be, if it was a whole truck, it was like $800. And I figured $800 was fine. So, cause I was just trying to get things out fast to be, have the house ready to go on the market. So I, I budgeted that much. You know, I just said, okay, I'm just going to budget this much because I'd called the mover to get a quote on moving and storage. I'd called the junk removal to get a quote on that. I had a lot of repairs that needed to be done on my house. Some I did myself, but a number, you know, so I had a budget for how much I was going to spend for all the things that needed to be done to have the house ready to move. Okay. And, you know, as you said, or renting a truck, another thing too with that would be some of this kinds of stuff that you'd be able to send with them, I would be concerned it could damage a truck. And then that would be another, you know, stress point of, right. I had a number of really hilarious ways I got rid of things. Um, So my snowblower broke in the midst of getting ready to move. And it's a 22 year old snowblower and it broke. And I didn't know if it was repairable and like three different things broke on it kind of all the same time. So I called my dad and I was like, what's your opinion? He says, uh, just get rid of it. And so I drove it down to the edge of the driveway and I put a sign on it that said free. And then I posted on next door that there was a free broken snowblower at the end of my driveway. And I went inside to eat lunch. And when I came back outside after lunch, it was gone. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I did the same thing um, with some, I had like metal fence the stuff to make a metal fence. Cause at one point I was going to build this vegetable garden with all this fencing and I never did that. So uh-huh. I put that out on the street with a free sign on it. And that was gone in just a couple hours. That's wonder. I love that. I just love that. That's great. So that um, was definitely one major thing was okay. the junk removal service. I tried to go room by room, but apparently I just like not capable of that level of focus or sometimes a room would get hard. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to a different room. So like, I swear I had open unpacked box in every room of my entire house. Plus I had all the packed boxes and then I had, you know, the stuff I was collecting for junk removal. It was a disaster. And I, it was one of those things where it was already, you know, I had to move all the things out of a room because they were replacing the flooring. So my pantry was in the living room. <laughs> And the contents of my pantry were on every available flat surface in the house that wasn't the kitchen. Yeah. Because that's where they were putting the new floor in. So, you know, there was definitely chaos that occurred during the courses. So sometimes there were certain rooms that sometimes were just too overwhelming to even be in just because like Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting rid of the entire contents of my pantry. But at the same time, I couldn't stand to be in my dining room because the entire dining room table and the piano and like everything was covered in all the things that were from the inside of my pantry. And yet you were still able to keep making progress. Yes. I continue to make progress. I just um, moved to a different spot. I'm, I'm a big fan of if you start to get overwhelmed, 
it's better to move to a different spot than it is to quit. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew like I, I was, I did spend quite a lot of time. I work full time and I um, only have evenings available usually. And so, but I worked, I work at home. So sometimes I would take, you know, 20 minutes at lunchtime and some, some days that just meant, you know, cleaning the kitchen. Some days that meant decluttering something. Sometimes I would clean the kitchen and then I would open a kitchen cabinet and be like, you know, I don't need all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, uh, you know, so sometimes it was kind of random and I did have a staging area for packing things. So if there were things that I wanted to pack, I put them in a specific place. And if there were things I wanted to donate, I had always had a donatable donate box available and I would put the items in there. And when one got full, I would just go put it in the car and when I would get in the car to go somewhere and notice that my car was full, I would be like, oh, well, I'll just stop at, you know, there was three or four different places near me that you could stop to donate things. Mm-hmm. And so I would drive by the first one. And if the line was really long, I would go do my errand and then I would go to the second one and yeah. see if the line was better. But, you know, if I had to wait in line for 20 minutes to, to donate things, it's I did. Yeah. I mean, cause you're just going to keep filling up your car even more. Right. Yeah. So my car, the, a lot of the times my car was kind of full. And yet that was what was helping you get stuff out. Mm-hmm. So that's what had to happen. I love it. Let's talk about one of our sponsors today, Osea. So nobody wants to be uncomfortable with dry skin after huddling up all winter. Y'all, my skin needs TLC to get ready for the sunny months. I'm so glad I've discovered Osea just in time to get my skin healthy and smooth. So I have really been loving using several of Osea's products, but I especially love using the Andaria Algae Body Oil in my routine. Right after I get out of the shower, I put it on damp skin and it feels so luxurious and rich, but not greasy or sticky or anything like that. And I love the ingredients that go into it. The fact that they're vegan and cruelty-free is even better. The scent is probably my favorite part. So it's like the citrusy, light, lovely, not overpowering scent. Okay. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil instantly moisturizes and replenishes dry skin, leaving every inch silky smooth. Skin is super soft and glowing with Andaria Algae, Acai Pulp, and Babasu Seed Oil. Osea soaks hand-harvested Andaria Algae in barrels of oils for up to six months. The result is liquid gold, a rich, luxurious, never greasy body oil, fragrant with sunny citrus and top notes of sweet passion fruit. Osea creates skin and body care products powered by the sea. They've made clean, safe skincare products since 1996, vegan and cruelty-free, responsibly sourced, plant-derived ingredients. Good for your skin and for the planet, female-founded and family-operated by a mother and daughter team. You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send free samples with every order and get 10% off your first order with my promo code CLEAN at OseaMalibu.com. That's 10% off with code CLEAN at OseaMalibu, O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. So you said you got rid of 50% of your clothes, 65% of your bedding. 
Like, how do you know those numbers? Well, because I could, mostly because uh, just volume, because I was, um, I had the complication of also being moving into temporary housing where I basically only have one room for, for me for the next six months or whatever, like just mm-hmm. one room. So basically I was effectively just cleaning out my whole closet. I started by going through looking and looking basically for trash, easy stuff, duck letter. Like, why do I have these things? Um, and I just started loading them into garbage bags. And so I had like a bunch of big black garbage bags and I used those, those were my donatable donate box because I could just take the big black garbage bags. I also in my area have clothing recycling curbside. So I have these orange bags that you can use to recycle clothing. So anything that I knew had a tear or a stain or something like that. Um, And I did have some of that stuff in my closet for who knows what reason, but I just did. I know. Um, And so I threw it in those bags and I used up at least four of those bags for linens, towels, all kinds of things like that. And so since I was basically taking everything out of the closet, you know, I had four garbage bags of stuff that I, of clothing that I was donating. I had one big bag of stuff that I was recycling. And then I put together a box of things to, to be stored for storage that I, because there's just not, there's not very much, I don't have very much clothing space here. And the ironic thing is my old house, like I honestly have no clue where these clothes came from because my closet was like five linear feet of hanging space. That's all there was. And, and you're like, how in the world did all this fit in there? I Yeah, I have literally no idea. Cause then I also had um, some shelves on the back wall, but it was three shelves and they're maybe four feet wide. And they, I had little bins and had everything like, Marie Kondo folded in the little packets that stand up by themselves because that's just like the best thing. <laughs> I'm not a folder. So, I'm terrible at folding. <laughs> so, so I had everything all folded like that. And, um, and I was just going through, you know, here's my box of t-shirts. I had like one box with t-shirts in it. And I was like, when, you know, looking at them going, okay, well, I haven't worn this. I can't remember the last time I wore this. I just threw them all into the, if I knew that there, I would just unfold it and look at it and determine if there was anything wrong with it, that it was the reason I wasn't wearing, wearing it. And if there was nothing wrong with it, I put it in the donate. And if there was something wrong with it, I put it in the recycle. So let's talk about your momentum because at this point I'm like, wow, she's just plowing through. Like that's amazing. And then you were saying at the beginning, when you first got started that you would spend hours and barely get anything done. So, I mean, did it just continue to speed up and speed up? Is that how you Did your ruthlessness just increase as you got going? I would say yes. And especially as I got to the very end, like, Mm -hmm. because first there was the whole staging the house to sell. So I didn't necessarily need to go into every cabinet, every shelf, every drawer in order to stage the house to sell. So there were still things I hadn't looked at by the time the house was sold. But my initial focus was on making sure all the visible areas were in good shape. My realtor uses a home stager. So the home stager had come through and gave me some tips about where to move specific pieces of furniture, what art and decor to leave out. So that made it a lot easier as well because I I didn't, I wasn't deciding which items to use in the staging process. She basically told me, and I had been at least six 
60%, I think, through the packing and sorting and decluttering process by the time she came to look. Okay. Um, so I found that super helpful. So she told me, you know, make sure there's nothing on the floor of any closets. There should be nothing on a closet floor. Okay. Um, so there were things like that that she told me where I knew where I had to focus my attention um, that were helpful. And so I was mostly focusing on visible areas to start with, because of course, when somebody comes to look at your house, those, that's what they right. see. But at the same time, if they open a closet and like everything in the closet falls on them, that wouldn't be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it couldn't be super overloaded closets either. So I, I did find the momentum did pick up as I continued and I definitely got more ruthless. Like I, I can think of a few things that I packed early on that I wouldn't have, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't pack if I were packing again. And so I probably still will have some things on the other end that don't stay. But you're so much house. better off that you did because, because I think one of the things that can be the fear or that can just happen, which is what I did when I moved before I started, you know, decluttering in the way that I do is I was just like, oh, I'll just decide on this later. It would be easier to stick it in a box now, you know, like I'm not sure. So I might as well keep it instead having, you know, the questions hopefully helped you make those decisions of things that could actually Absolutely. go. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I remember watching you help Cass with a closet and she, you said, what is this? And she said, it's a broken vacuum cleaner. And you said, if you were looking for a broken vacuum cleaner, where would you look for it? And I was kind of cackling because I'm thinking to myself, like, who looks for a broken vacuum cleaner? And then she said, I, I wouldn't look for a broken vacuum cleaner. Um, and so I That's definitely... The whole, my steps are meant to work in ridiculous situations because I am the person with all the ridiculous thoughts and situations. Right. Well, and yeah. you can rationalize anything. Yes. Right. Like, cause if I only ask myself the question about joy, I mean, I would not have a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I would not have, there's nothing about the vacuum cleaner that brings me joy other than having finished using it, I guess. Um, but I can definitely, well, I sometimes have a challenge with the, where would I look for this first? Because my brain goes every which way. And sometimes I remember at one point I had eight camera chargers because every time I thought, where would I look for this first? I picked a different place. And then the next time when I was actually looking for the, the charging cord, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find really? it anywhere. And you weren't actually going on instinct. You were analyzing where should it go? I don't know. You know, okay. I don't know if it's that or if it's just one of those things where in my in my house, I didn't have a place where things that you used for hobbies or things you used for travel went. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't. So initially I hadn't defined any containers. So I had a guest room closet and there weren't guests in my house very much of the time. So the guest room closet was kind of a dumping ground. And then I had a linen closet. I only had four closets in the whole house. So I had a three bedroom house with four closets in it. Um, all the closets were super small. So you know, people in 1950 just didn't store a lot of things. So there weren't very many storage spaces. And I had a hard, I think I had a really hard time defining spaces where things should go. And I think over the last five or so years, I've really gotten much better at that and at the concept of like with like. Mm -hmm. So now I have a photography section in the place where I store travel things, because for me, photography is very much a travel activity. Oh, yeah. And that's when I do photography. But it's at the same time, it's in my craft room with 
my sewing stuff. Um, so for me, that's turned out to be the best combination, at least in my old house, in my new house, I don't quite know where I'm going to store luggage. So probably in the guest room closet, but I don't know. Cause sometimes I have guests and they stay for weeks. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, where would I look for it first? I mean, like sometimes it's, it's hard in a new situation because you're trying right. to picture and you're trying to envision. I was just talking to somebody the other day who was saying, oh, she's building a house. And she was talking about, she was so excited about the linen closet and she went and bought all this stuff to recreate a linen closet she'd seen on Instagram because now she was going to have the perfect linen closet. And then she went to go put it in there and it didn't actually fit. You know, So part of that is going to come with you just living in your house for a while and go, oh yeah, this is where I would look for this first. But yeah, I mean, using that as much as you could helped you get rid of so many things because so many times the point of that question is often to help trigger in your brain that you wouldn't actually look for it, you know, like is to get you to that second question. Right. So clearly I definitely look for the camera charger because I looked for it a whole bunch of times and couldn't find it. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have to go, where was the first place that I looked? Right. Like what, what was the first place that I went? That's actually where I would look. That's that's how I ended up having eight is because each time I apparently thought of a different first place and it wasn't there. So I was sure that I must not have, I must've lost the camera charger. Um, I now only have one. I now only have actually have two, but one it there one is like a European one that you can plug into European outlets, and then one is a regular. Here's hoping we can travel to Europe at some point. I know (laughs) in the at some point future. So tell me on let's. I just want to get a couple things. So on before you started all of this, on a scale of one to ten, how overwhelming was the thought of? packing your house to move, like of getting your house ready to sell, basically. When I realized in November that I was absolutely going to have to, it was somewhat paralyzing. Mm -hmm. I didn't start doing anything. I mean, I knew I was leaving in like a week and a half after I realized that I was definitely going to have to pack and get all the stuff out of my house, um, regardless of what whether I sold the house or remodeled the house, because it would it would have been a major remodel. Um, regardless of which one it was, I was going to have to leave. I was just like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I just didn't even. It was it was a completely paralyzing, overwhelming feeling. And when I was not at home and was not faced with my own house, and my house, like most of the visible places, were generally not that right. bad. Right. I, I am a visual organizer. And, um, but at the same time, I've learned over time that I can't have every, I can't see everything or it makes me crazy. Um, so there are certain rooms, especially there are certain rooms where I like to be able to see everything. And there are certain rooms where I, if I see stuff, I can't relax. So like the living room is one. If I am sitting in the living room trying to watch TV and I can see stuff everywhere, I can't, I can't watch TV. I can't knit. I can't do anything because mm-hmm. I can't deal with the scene. Every That's a really good realization that you realize it's in different, di- that it's different in different places within your home. I think that's, that's important. That's good. Yeah. And I can't deal with surface clutter on my desk if I'm working, but I do like having books and things available on open shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in craft spaces, I much prefer things to be easy to touch. So I like pegboards and shelves, open shelves where it's easy to 
grab what I need and I can see where it is. So tell me what your, what was your overall time frame of, from realizing that you needed to pack up everything to actually having that done? So I realized it probably around November 20th, but then I was gone. I wasn't at there for three weeks in December. So I didn't actually start doing much other than thinking about it. Um, So I started researching moving companies and storage and how much that costs. And I started researching um, like, where can you store things and how much does it cost to have junk removal and all of those things in December while I was not able to touch anything in my house because I wasn't in it. But I actually started packing around January 6th and I'm an accountant. And so it was year end and I work kind of a lot in January, typically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't always have very much time, but my house went on the market, I think on March 4th. Okay. It was ready to go on the market. So professional pictures were taken for it to go on the market, I think on February 25th. Okay. So I was pretty ready to at that point. And I pretty much moved out into my temporary space uh, that same week, a couple of days after February 25th, because I brought and the cats okay. to, because um, I'm living in a, my parents have two homes and I'm living in their, they, they're retired. Um, I'm living in their second house in Minnesota, which they don't spend much time in in winter for some reason. <laughs> That's strange. I wonder why. I know. <laughs> Um, And so, so I'm staying here. And so it was, so I pretty much moved out at that point. Okay. Let's talk about, is there anything else that, that you were like, oh, I wanted to make sure I talked about that as far as the decluttering process or anything? I mean, I I guess I would say I I definitely found things that I didn't remember that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And 98% of those things I got rid of. Good for you. Um, There was very little. So I found things in the basement that I hadn't, that had been there since I moved in in exactly the same boxes in the same spots. Clearly I didn't need those, those items. I was just trying to be realistic about what do I actually use? And I didn't want to take anything with me to my new house that I was pretty confident that I wasn't, that I haven't used in a long time. That would just that be I didn't stored remember in the that house. I had. Yeah. Right. right. I did find um, one thing in the basement that I didn't remember that I had. Um, that I did keep, which was, I found some original art I purchased when I was traveling in Budapest, Hungary. Oh, wow. And it was in a tube. And so I clearly had put it down there thinking, oh, I'll get this framed later. And then I never, I didn't remember something happened and I right. somehow didn't remember that I had it. And so I did add that to a list of things to be framed for a new house. Oh, that'll um, be great. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be neat. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for being willing to talk about all of this. I think it's really, um, it's such a daunting process that I do think sometimes being overwhelmed can make you put it off or make it feel unattainable. So your story is very helpful. I really appreciate that. So let's talk about the course now that um, at the moment when this comes out, it is going to be open for registration. People can join it. So you kind of covered this earlier. I was going to ask you, you mentioned that you do listen to the podcast but you found the podcast through the course. Is that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. I've probably listened to a good bit of your back episodes because I would listen to it sometimes when I was, it was at least partly, I'd start listening to it and then I'd be like, oh, darn it, I should go pack a box. <laughs> but you can do that <laughs> while you're listening. <laughs> that's what I would do. That's yeah. exactly what I would do. That's I would good. listen okay. while I was decluttering something or packing a box or whatever. 
So what do you love about the course? Where is the value in it for you? I think for me, it was just, for me, it was the introduction to the five-step decluttering method. Um, when I sort of had that same reaction as casted during the course of like, you want me to do what? You want me to go get a hammer and stick this on the wall right now? Um, <laughs> because of the easy stuff, you know, the procrastinate clutter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is somewhat enlightening, though I've had a couple of experiences now where I tried to do what was, should have been the easy stuff. Um, that was procrastinate clutter. And then I remembered why it wasn't done yet. So in one case, I had three hard drives that need to be destroyed. And so far, I have attempted to drill the hard drive. I have attempted to unscrew and disassemble the hard drive. I've spent at least three hours trying oh, to destroy wow. these hard drives without yet without success at this point. Oh my goodness. I need a sledgehammer, <laughs> but my sledgehammer is in storage. That's funny. Wow. Yeah. So do you, have you worked through most of the course at this point? I have. I mean, there's some things that I can't do right now, Mm -hmm. uh, but I am doing a little bit more. I think one of the things I sometimes struggle with is like meal planning. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of another area for me. And I like to cook. I I often plan things that are a little too complicated for a weekday. And then what happens is I work until seven and it's, I'm hungry. The reason I stop working is because I'm hungry and I'm not going to spend an hour and 45 minutes preparing an elaborate three course meal for myself in the evening. And so I, it's another one of those, like, it's fine for me to plan something like that to do on a Saturday when I don't Mm -hmm. have other plans, but it is not going to, weekdays need to be something you can pop into the oven for 30 minutes or yeah, they need to be fast. Well, I am so thankful that you've come on. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we go? Um, I mean, I, I've been following Cass from the course. That's how I found the course to begin with mm-hmm. for a while. So for me, it was like super enlightening to know that I was a visual organizer and to understand my organizing method, because I have to tell, I've tried like a bazillion ways to organize things that absolutely didn't work for me. Right. So one of the things when I was decluttering then is I had all these containers that you can't see through that were in piles in my basement, like waiting for some sort of useful application. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? They're never going to be useful for me. <laughs> They're never going to be useful for me. But Goodwill was more than happy to have a whole bunch of, you know, solid, opaque, stir-like containers. Well, and I um, think somebody's going to be thrilled to find that. And I love what you're saying about that because that's where that's where I feel like there's so much value because yes, the decluttering helped, but also that organizing. I love the way that Cass embraces that we're all different. And so she helps you figure out these are why these things haven't worked for you in the past. And here's what actually will work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I've, I've watched Dana on YouTube. I'd found her on YouTube before and I definitely watched her a number of Dawn. times and I uh, Dawn. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. You are Dana. I know like, it's a little confusing, but <laughs> yeah. And so I'd watched Dawn on the minimal mom of, of, I've watched a number of her videos and definitely I am not a minimalist and never going to be a minimalist. But that said, I still think she has a lot of useful tips, especially when it comes to like the meal planning and Mm -hmm. um, more of experience related gifts, because I also struggle with when somebody gives me a gift, that's a thing that I don't really want. Yeah. Um, It's definitely, then I feel bad about getting rid of it. Yeah. And I definitely had some things that I decluttered when I was packing that were things like that, where it was like, 
somewhat guilty clutter. Um, and so a lot of those things I think are really, were really helpful to me as well. So, I mean, but I was so, so thankful to learn about the five-step decluttering method. My mom was feeling overwhelmed by something not long after I had started listening to the class. And I was like, I have to tell you about this because it's totally going to solve your problem. Cause she was going to take everything out of a closet. And I was like, no, don't, do it. <laughs> don't take everything out of the closet. And so, um, so I told her about, about the method and I sent her a link to the podcast that explains the five steps so that mm-hmm. she could like listen to it for herself instead of me just telling her what they were. But yeah, so super great. I, I thought it was for me is it it's been well worth it. And I, I've gone back to different parts of it a couple of different times. Like I watched the part about the five step decluttering method, probably 20 different times. Cause wow. I, I would sometimes not remember like, what were the five steps? What were the questions I was supposed to ask? And I could sit, I could put the iPad on my dining room table and I'd be sitting there, you know, going through stuff and could listen to the five steps because whenever I would feel overwhelmed, I would just kind of go back to that. Like, let's start with trash. Yes. Oh, that's, that's the point. Yes, exactly. Cause there's nothing overwhelming about trash. You know, there's I mean, really it's, not. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it doesn't fit in your trash can and that can be a little bit <laughs> overwhelming. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I, I think this is great. And I think it's going to help a lot of people just to be like, I can totally do this. Yes. These steps really do work for this I would say the most overwhelming of all decluttering projects is getting your house ready to sell. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Okay. I hope you guys loved that conversation with Jen. Um, I was so appreciative that she was willing to share the impact that the course has had for her. So I know sometimes I, I feel like I held back (laughs) last time uh, with the course and was like, you know, I think you guys are really going to love it because I just was excited because I was, I was so excited when we made it. I went, you guys, I think this would be really, really good and really, really helpful. But now I can't hold back anymore because I have seen how helpful it has been for so many people. Like I am seeing so many people make real progress. You guys, I just, I, I think that the combination of, you know, what you've already learned from the podcast on decluttering, but then put into a course format where it is something you can easily work through and follow through um, that. Plus you have Cass, who is an organizing expert, but an organizing expert who is very accessible and who I trust you with. Okay. That means a lot, guys. I'm just telling you, I'm not just going to send you off to any organizing person. Cass is very, very, it's her thing that we all organize in different ways. Like that is what she teaches. And so she teaches you how to organize in a way that fits your actual way that you function within your home. Okay. And then Dawn, honestly, she's the driving force and she is just such, she has such a great way of just kind of breaking things down and studying the science of things. And she's just, yes, she's a minimalist, but she does it in a very accessible way. Okay. So don't let that be something that scares you. Instead, let it be something that helps you go, okay, this makes it actually attainable and it helps you get a different perspective on your stuff. So anyway, I'm just saying I am really passionate about the progress that people are making with this course. And so I want to make sure that you know about it. Here we go. It's open for now um, and we'll open it again, you know, Christmas, January, that type 
time again, but I really think this is something that as you move toward summertime and you think, okay, I'm take a deep breath after the craziness of May and I'm going to really focus in on my house. This is something that, that will help you. It really will. So, and it's satisfaction guaranteed. So if it doesn't help you, you can get your money back. Okay. All right. Go to takeyourhouseback.com and um, sign up there. Okay. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course. And I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.